Welcome everyone to the USL show. It is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and we are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Uh, we got a fun show for you today. There's three of us. The three amigos, if you will. Uh, Los tres amigos. That's Spanish for the three amigos. I figured that out. It only took about five seconds of pausing to do it. Uh, let's hurry up and introduce someone else before I say something else. Um, Evan is here, as in USL Pony. Evan is here, not the other Evan. Pony, how's it going, man? Ah, uh, not bad. It's a it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Feels like a Tuesday for sure. Um, Kevin's here. Big Kev McCamish. Uh, I am here. Yes. How's it going? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not selling cheese, so I can be here. <laughs> right there, you go. Um, you know what you did though is you paid off your student debt. I feel like we should be celebrating. And it's funny because like I, I just I don't. Part of me thinks like it's not a celebratory thing, but with the whole just because student loan, the whole thing is just so screwed up. I mean. Yes, I was. I feel like I was one of the lucky ones that a I didn't have too too much debt to begin with, and I was able to pay it off what three and a half years early. And there's so many other people out there that are like dying from debt because companies are taking advantage of them, and the interest rates are absurdly high, and it's a bad situation. I I mean, yes, it's something to celebrate. I'm lucky, mm -hmm. but also a shout out to everybody who's still paying their student loans because it sucks. It does. It does indeed. And it's life changing uh, to get out of it. I was able to pay mine off. I didn't have a lot. Um, and then I married a rich girl, which I highly recommend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, things are good. Pony, where do you stand here? I'm actually pretty close, but I live by myself, have a job that probably pays me too much. <laughs> so that all helps out quite a bit. Oh, I get it. You're a teacher. Those guys get paid a lot, right? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to teach anything about absolutely anything in this world. <laughs> He's single and therefore has a lot of disposable income and you married rich. So I think the moral of the lesson here is either don't get married, keep disposable income, don't have kids or just marry rich. <laughs> and no Life kidding. lessons here. We're yeah. now a financial podcast. <laughs> Please do not. Come I beg pardon. Um, Pony, I wonder if, if like the crunch bars might be getting in the way of you paying off your loans. I'm a little worried is all I'm saying. I only did that once and I still have most of them left because <laughs> I usually don't eat that much candy. Okay. Please do this. Go door to door and sell crunch bars in a Girl Scout uniform. Would you like to buy crunch bars? Yeah, that's a good way to get arrested. Oh my arrested. gosh, that'd be so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Uh, and don't shave or cut your hair for like three months either. It'd be hilarious. Um, we better get covered. <laughs> we better get ourselves out of this. What do you guys say we uh, start off with some news? There's not much to talk about, so we, we might as well get it out of the way at the top. Um, mm -hmm. The first one I found, I dug a little bit deep, but I didn't quite realize... That uh, David Beckham's not only being sued by, um, what, Inter Milan, but also FXE football. Football. Um, that is the future USL team that's vying for a club in, um, oh no, what is the name of that town? Fort, Fort Lauderdale. Thank you, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, formerly of the Strikers. Um, they're suing David Beckham because they feel like they didn't get a fair shake at getting... Um, control of that stadium lockhart stadium to be exact anyone else want to comment on this well <clears throat> my only question especially with the whole suing thing is if inter milan is suing 
Inter Miami. Like I get it. Um, but then why does Real Madrid not care to sue Real Salt Lake? Yeah. Or any of the other th- like literally, you know, Sporting Lisbon could sue Sporting Kansas City. Like I feel I find it hilarious, honestly, but like realistically, you know, naming your club after other like, you know, ancient clubs with lots of history and all that stuff. And there's, there are different names seems like what everybody does. So I don't really get why one specific team would decide all of a sudden like, Hey, I'm just going to sue them probably because Beckham's in it and they just want news. I don't really know. But I totally get the FXE football suing them. That's like legit. Like, hey, you literally stole a stadium from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my lawyer. I've been excited to get a team in that stadium again. I, I think we've all seen those pictures of how dilapidated that stadium's gotten and how crazy that is um, that it's there and looking like that. So it's good to get a team in there, but I don't think anyone thought it'd be a good idea for an MLS team to get in there, much less a team like Miami's kind of supposed to have that spice and flavor of of what they're doing which is cool but starting at Lockhart is such a huge disappointment I'd much rather see you know a USL team would bring excitement rather than disappointment right so well let's just I'm just checking real quick how it is to get to Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale down to downtown Miami so they're 32 miles his Beckham's club is 32 miles away from where they said they were going to start their club and probably 32 years from whenever they promised that they would do it. I don't remember mm-hmm. how long it's been. seems like it's been forever. So, you know, it's like uh, if, if he, if they lose that, then I think the next place might be Boca Raton or just keep on going to West Palm beach. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I, just a random thought I had just because I'm from St. Louis is there's been a little tiny, tiny little bitty rumor that St. Louis and Sacramento may both get it. They may just break the rules and say, I know we said one this year, but maybe we'll just let both of them come in because why not? Um, and what if they brought them in because because Miami keeps faltering and, and those two just go in without Miami until they get their stuff together because it's just been falter after falter after falter. It's been a rough patch for them. Beckham yeah. needs, to, needs to back out and say, Miami's done. Go find a different city. Like, you know, just hook up with somebody that wants to join MLS, a Sacramento or a St. Louis or whoever will take you, and then just build something from there. So that way, hey, now Beckham's involved. It's a guaranteed, you know, getting in, in MLS. And then then stadium's been probably been taken care of in, in the form of Sacramento, or you could probably get a stadium pushed through, you know, if it's St. Louis or any other city in the East, wherever you want to go. Just at this point, I would just leave Miami B. You'd think so. I mean, they're so close now, you know, you think, um, and it's such a cool, you know, haven't, haven't they been so close for like five years? I'm just excited about the branding uh, and that stadium, even though it looks like a toilet seat is still cool. You know, <laughs> like it, oh no, it's, the stadium is, is awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. I they just, just find need it, to like, get it done and get it started and just, you know, get it over with. It's a mess. It's a mess and a half. This is going to be a really good ESPN 30 for 30 in like 10 years. You're right. You're right. We have that to look forward to. So that's good. Um, The other piece of news that we have is Santi Moore winning player of the month uh, last month. Um, Or I guess, I don't know. I don't think they go by March, April. I think they just kind of go by four weeks. And um, so he won player of the month and he also won player of this current week or this previous week. Uh, Well-deserved, right, everybody? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I still have said uh, Salt Lake Keeper, but I mean, if it's going to go to offensive player, it's more of the other two that were up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, David Cho has been incredible, and I've enjoyed listening to you kind of give your takes on David Cho. And I, I, it's hard for me to disagree with you. The problem is everybody always wants the uh, the goal scorer. You know, it's just. It just always happens. I feel like, yeah. I mean, you, you need to keep your ass like three shutouts for them to win Player of the Month, right? Did, was he the keeper in the New Mexico versus uh, Monarchs game that Santi Moore got the Player of the Week for? Well, that's think, actually what I was gonna get to. Yeah, I, yeah. So I think so, but it's a different month. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Player of the Month. Fair, 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 fair. All right. I'm just saying when the two went up against each other, one of them decided, you know, very decisively won. Um, that battle. So. Also, the Monarchs apparently decided not to start their entire back line, so that <laughs> happens. Yeah, if, if it's just a goalkeeper versus Santi Moore, I can see that's definitely a uh, possibility it's going to happen. For sure. Um, I like your take there, Pony. <laughs> um, let's move on, though. Let's go ahead and start off with the, uh, with the games. I'm going to skip that fan question. We'll bring it up when we talk about that game, which is a question from Harry, which is a, a good one as usual. Um, we're going to start with Memphis 901, got zero goals. Atlanta United 2 got one goal. Uh, they won this game. I don't think they have too many wins. It was scored by Barajas in the 45th minute. Um, stats looks like Memphis kind of got the better, better take as far as shots and shots on target, more possession, more passes, more pass accuracy, just barely um, less fouls. They kind of played a better game, but they lost. Um, I guess that's not too big of a surprise, but that might be kind of a good thing for Memphis. These are two teams we don't necessarily consider to be good, right? Yeah, I think that's a really good example. Of this. These are two teams who, at best case, are going to probably lose the play-in game. Yeah. I don't think there's too much. I mean, the Atlanta keeper had a pretty good save, except for save of the week. But at this... I, I think this one just has the highlights for nothing really stuck out. This isn't a, yeah. this isn't a, neither, neither of these two teams have enough talent to make any sort of deep run right now. Yeah. I, I mean, Memphis are showing up for games though. Give their fans that. Yeah. The, the, uh, that's something that needs to be said is that I think the, the combination of the stadium, the way they set up the baseball field, which is the, uh, to me, the worst thing about baseball stadiums is how far away from the field often the fans are in certain sp- spots of the diamond. Um, mm-hmm. And they do that so you don't have to play soccer on the infield diamond portion. Well, Memphis just kind of said, screw that. We're going to play on the infield diamond so that we can get the fans as close as possible. So most of the game is at least one half to two thirds of the game is on the diamond. And, and word is from uh, Memphis City Smitty um, on Twitter. I, I can't remember his exact handle, but you guys can find him just based on that. He said that the players are saying that they don't even know they're playing and transferring from one side to another, from one surface to another, sod to natural grass connected for months and years. So um, I love the atmosphere. The fans are crazy. They're really loud. Um, I'm excited about at least the game day environment in Memphis, even if the team doesn't have it together yet. I, I think I think you're right. Like Baseball stadiums for soccer are very, very difficult to get right. But when you do, it's really not that bad. Yeah, and, I, and, and for me, like the biggest part is, is like you said, um, you know, being able to utilize the infield diamond and properly uh, covering up the dirt and the mound and making sure that everything is as smooth as possible. Because I know just the other week there was uh, gifts and footage on Twitter of uh, New York City where a player slipped and took like an entire chunk of yeah. turf up because. 
uh, they didn't stick to the uh, to the dirt very well. <laughs> yeah, I and saw. That's dangerous, you know, for the is. player. It is. It is. And, and people talk about Louisville being so bad. Can't wait for that stadium to be done. I know that patch <laughs> that pulled up Saad, Saad got some uh, comparisons to Louisville for sure in the uh, USL crowd, which I thought was perfect. But, um, yeah, Memphis is doing it well. I think every team should consider trying to move everything this way if possible, if they have a groundskeeper that can really even things out as well as the Memphis guy does. Shout out to the groundskeeper over in Memphis. Good job, fellas. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I mean, fan-wise, I'd be willing to say this is the best year for new teams for getting the fan bases behind them USL's actually ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, Memphis, yeah. New Mexico, El Paso, all those guys, and I'm going to forget somebody because I'm not looking at a list of teams. But there's a lot of good new teams this year that actually have really driven a fan base, which is not something we get every year, especially yeah. not as many of them. And I even I'm even going to go as far as to say that Tacoma Defiance moving to Tacoma and having two thousand to three thousand people every week is a huge step for a two team. On top of that, that isn't quite a hybrid either. It's pretty much just a two team that happened to move out to Tacoma. Yep. And they have a big fan base by doing that. I think that's a good example of, of a good way to do that that sort of thing. Although they yeah. still, not, I remember looking at Google today. They still call them Seattle Sounders too. <laughs> and very interestingly, there's also a team in the USL called New York Red Bulls Reserves, according to Google. Okay, well, good job, Google. <laughs> now that now to be fair, uh, for uh, S two or Tacoma or whoever, they were out at Cheney Stadium um, last season. As well, that so they moved there last season. Then this season's the rebrand, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's another baseball field um, that is better than Starfire. But I don't, th- and they're doing a good job. But it's like they could, the, it's one of the situations. Like again, it's very. I think it's very difficult and challenging to make a baseball stadium work well. And it's it's rare when someone does it right, um, like Memphis. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thanks for clarifying that. I, I did know that, but I, I kind of slipped my mind there for a minute there that uh, oh, yeah, they did yeah, play course. Tacoma last year. Um, next game is Orange County 4, Sounders FC2 is what this is called on Google. Uh, yeah. Tacoma Defiance uh, got zero goals on this one. So speaking of them, here's a big loss. A lot of youngsters versus what happened, was it two weeks ago now? Yeah, I think Tacoma is just going to be hit and miss of what team you play. It's either going to be a free win or a close match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going. To, I, I'm going to. Not, I can't not mention that uh, someone made team of the week this week. Oh yeah, not USL quality or not MLS quality players. <laughs> Remember that argument? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still arguments against. So I mean, this is not me like gloating and saying I'm right because I'm not right by any means all the way. But it is interesting that Will Bruin um, was put back with the Sounders first team, started a game, and scored two goals, right? <laughs> so there you go. We're just saying. <laughs> just saying. I, I know. I know. You have to say that's MLS quality. Now, maybe he's normally a bench player. but I, I think the situation is going to be like if you're facing T, uh, Tacoma, you know, if it's an away match, like if they're coming to you, it's probably going to be an easy win. I mean, Orange County, they had uh, Sounders. I'm reading this. I want to say Sounders 2 or S2, but it's I've got to put in my mind, force myself to say Tacoma. So Tacoma had zero shots on target. I mean, Orange County just literally breezed to a win at home. And I think 
if it's if you're facing them away or like at home and they come visit you, you're probably going to win. And if it's you know you have to go travel to Tacoma, just hope that the first team has a game within the, within a, within a day or two. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, the only thing before we move on, I wanted to say is that Orange County. I've been really disappointed. They were a favorite team of mine last year, and um, Alicia Rodriguez. Someone kind of asked some question, and she responded to it. And it's always a huge help if we can listen to Alicia Rodriguez. She's, um, I think, she's the editing, the main editor for Angels on Parade, the SB Nation blog. She's really yep. good either way for if you want any LAFC info, and she's always up to date on Orange County, which you can't say for. Um, all those SB Nation sites following their two sides or affiliates. But, um, oh, shoot, I just called them an affiliate, and I know they're not an affiliate. I'm going to move on and just tell you what she said, <laughs> which is that, yes, they, they just barely got their roster together right before the season started. They still have some injuries they're dealing with, and I'm not super clear on that. I'm going to see if Alan has anything to say about that before I finish talking. But it looks like they may get their stuff together. And this is other news. Uh, Frankie Amaya just got loaned over there from uh, FC Cincinnati. Uh, U20 uh, national team player, midfielder, uh, the kind of guy that buzzes around and and can do some good stuff in the midfield uh, in turning the ball over and even getting forward at times. So um, exciting for OC to get some help here, and hopefully they improve when they get those guys back. Um, I hope, because I enjoyed them last year. Uh, moving on, Charlotte Independence won New York Red Bulls reserves. Google, thank you. Got two <laughs> goals in this one. Tom Barlow has been heating up as uh, Rising Bulls podcast has been talking about. Uh, Raising Bulls podcast, pardon me. Um, he got a goal in the 33rd and the 36th minute against Charlotte. Nikki Jackson scored in the 25th minute for uh, for Charlotte. What do you guys think about Charlotte? Are they really as bad as all these losses in a row? I mean, they won today, so they're not that bad. That's they won today. I, you know what? I didn't get to see yep. it. I was busy making these notes. Spoiler alert! Sorry. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. To be honest with you, um, because I didn't think all these losses was the real Charlotte. I don't know if anybody actually yeah. feels that way. To be honest, I know I, I was saying it would come down to how they played against Bethlehem and North Carolina. If they lost those games, I think they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But they just got to win today, so. I think they're back on track where I had them preseason, which is high-end play-in game, team. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they're still... I don't know if they're ever going to get over the defending problems they have. Uh, I think they're going to be loosey-goosey, but they're going to be fun to watch in the attack, which is totally fine. It's going to be fun. Uh, but I still don't feel like they're going to get over the uh, defensive woes they've they've been ha- they've had so far this season. Um but yeah, they're not as bad as they've been so far. Kind of a slow start, though, that might also come back to bite them at the end as well. Red Bulls, too, though, um, plugging along. They had a decent amount of turnover this year, but they're doing just fine. Just as usual, I guess, right? Same story with them. We kind of keep repeating ourselves, but Red Bull is a team uh, you can't forget. Pony, where do you think these guys might end up? Might have lost Pony, so I'm just going to move on. Ottawa Fury got two goals against Loudoun United. They kind of rolled all over them. Uh, Loudoun has had some surprising moments where they look pretty good, but Ottawa kind of dominated this game, and they looked very, very good doing it. Um, I'm going to say Sam uh, scored in the 34th minute, S-A-M-B, if you're looking for him. Kevin Oliveira 
uh, 52nd minute goal. Uh, Oliveira's looked pretty good for them on the wing. And um, Ottawa's just a really good looking team. They're kind of my new o- OC. And I've been high on them since the beginning of the season. And I'm glad they at least look good, even if they're not winning every game that they should be. Why, why does Google have a uh, thing over the E in Kevin Oliveira? What that that like apostrophe thing that goes over a letter? I don't know what it's actually called. <laughs> I think he is of Hispanic descent, so I think that's probably legit. We just in in Twitter we often just skip over that because we're on our cell phones. But um, well, yeah, and, and English keyboards don't provide a very easy access to right. um, extra uh, appropriate letters and stuff. But it's, I saw that I'm like. If it's not pronounced Kevin, like my name, how is it pronounced? I'm confused. I wonder. I think it's still like Kevin or Kevin. Um, who knows? I would. I would like to give you an answer Kevin. to that. Yeah. But I like. Yeah, well, I, I, know, I know you don't. It's probably just. I'm going off topic. I just. I noticed that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Can I put that on my name now? <laughs> I think you should try. Do it, man. No, 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 no. no. It's getting a little late in life. I'm a 36 year old white male. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Um, just something of note in this game. Um, Fury got 18 shots, seven on target, 62% possession versus four shots, two on target for Loudon. Um, pretty big dominance there. Uh, this is the Loudon I was thinking, but they've had a couple wins. So we'll see what they do throughout the year. Um, as far as who they play and how they use them and how well they do, uh, moving on Pittsburgh Riverhounds three Hartford athletic, uh, one, Hartford continuing um, their lost streak, still have not played a game at home, although there was a hell of a banger from Jose Angulo in the 54th minute. Uh, For the most part, the Riverhounds controlled this game. Steven Dos Santos in the 14th, Kevin Kerr in the 74th, Nico Brett in the 81st, that was a penalty. Um, 18 shots, 6 on goal for Pittsburgh versus 10-2 for Hartford. Not too good. And Pittsburgh got the possession. Hartford is probably trying to focus on defense. So you would think that those two things would be in Hartford's favor. They were not. They need to get their attack together. Uh, I'm not liking how they look, but I know I am going to stick up for them. I know Ryan gave that stat about them being as bad as Antigua, Bermuda um, in the first year. Obviously, no one said this, but I think it maybe goes without saying that this is a different USL that... (laughs) That the playing level that Hartford's having to face is totally different um, than than what Antigua was having to face back in the day. So even though the record and ELO ratings are different, um, I think I think obviously Hartford's a much 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 better team, but they are struggling in this version of the USL, and uh, we'll have to watch and see if they improve when they get some home games. What do you think, Kev? Uh, I don't know. I. Yes, I agree with you. They're not nearly as probably as bad as Antigua. It is a completely different league. Level of play is much higher. Um, I I know that uh, Evan had or Pony had a uh, tweet. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Survey, survey thing. Vote to see who would get the last win first, or or who would get their first win last. That's right. I can't remember which one. I know that Hartford Hartford won by a mile, um, and I also voted for Hartford. <laughs> <laughs> I but I mean, could could they get a win in this season? I, I'm sure that stuff is going to fall in their favor at some point. I'm sure they can get a win, so they're not going to be Antigua bad. But are they going to be like say T2 in 2017 bad? I could I could see that mm. three three wins maybe maybe three wins. 
Interesting. I, yeah, I, I think they're going to pick up toward the end of the season because I think maybe fitness will start going in their favor, favor toward the end and defending. I think they'll get their stuff together on the defense because Jimmy Nielsen is so good at that sort of thing. Um, you know, we've said before that he got to the Western Conference final uh, the last year he was there in OKC. So um, I don't think it'd be that bad. Uh, let's move on, though. Atlanta United, two played another game against North Carolina FC. ATL UTD2 scored two goals. North Carolina FC scored one. Unexpected here. I didn't see this one. Kevin didn't either, but we will read off the stats. Uh, Gordon Wild in the 25th. Jackson Conway in the 67th for Atlanta. Marios Lomas has been very impressive this year. Uh, that is a player to watch if you haven't already. This guy's been very good playing as kind of a 10 or a, a removed striker for North Carolina. Um, he's got a great, a great foot. He's got a good eye for goal. Um, seems like a striker for sure playing up top and, uh, doing a very good job of it. Uh, the stats were very close. 17 shots, six on target for Atlanta, 19 and seven for North Carolina. However, Atlanta had the ball for 59% of the possession. Very impressive. Young kids playing with 59% of the possession as they're being taught to do it, to play the game right. Um, usually that doesn't go well for them, but in this case it did. And I'm happy to see that for them every once in a while. Um, here we go. Good. Kevin is saving me on this next one because I thought Evan was going to be here. I didn't post the stats, figured he'd have plenty to talk about Bethlehem steel versus Charleston. Kevin, give us some, some thoughts on this one. Well, they got the win three, one for the steel. Um, Fabinho was playing with steel. So, Getting a little uh, little help from the from the mother mothership got the penalty uh, put the penalty away in the 67th, um, but at that point the steel was up two one. Charleston got a, got one. I, I think this one it looks like steel you know got got the deserved win. Um, four both teams had four shots on target. Bethlehem Steel you know nicked uh, possession fifty two to forty eight percent. Looks like it was pretty heavy foul game. 17 fouls for steel, 19 committed by the battery. Um, four yellow cards all combined. So, I mean, I, I know that steel haven't been doing as well as I think maybe expectations had them, but getting their third win of the season is pretty good. Without a doubt. And, and uh, Evan did kind of send me a couple messages, and one of them did say that Bethlehem Steel are just going to be up and down throughout the whole season. So he's expecting lots of, you know, flashes of good, a lot of losses randomly, and so, um, yep. Well, it, it 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 keeps them in the top ten group pretty mm-hmm. well. Like they're they're tied be- between the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth teams with all all ten points. They're within striking distance of of the top. So, you know, if you're gonna go up and down, being in fifth place is not a bad place to be. Without a doubt, actually, that's actually very good. I didn't quite realize they were doing that well. So, um, so there you go on that one. Uh, Pony, are you back with us? I think so. Uh, yes, you are. I'm glad That's to hear it. Comcast decides just to reboot my router at times. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I'm, I'm even wired connection. He goes, nope, reset. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Yeah, I'm wired, and it's ever since I switched to wired, it's been pretty good. Podcasters out there, switch to wired. It helps. It's much better. Um, Unless you have Comcast, apparently. Right, exactly. Unless you're on pod, on Comcast. Tampa Bay Rowdies scored one versus Louisville City, who also scored one. So it was a draw. Andrew Tanari in the 15th had a great goal. I enjoyed watching that one. I did not watch long enough to see uh, Abdu Mbake Tiam in the 88th minute. 
I did my best there. Sorry if I messed that up. 13 shots with two on target for Tampa Bay. Not too good versus 17 shots, eight on target for Louisville. They had 59% of the possession Louisville did. Louisville puts a lot of shots on goal, I've noticed. And I feel like a little bit of this season has been bad luck, but only a little bit. Pony, I know you have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say if Louisville lost this game, it was complete panic time for him. But I, they they just seem inefficient. It's kind of weird coming from Sack, who's suffered with this for the few years. It seems like that team where the pieces are there, but they actually can't just get over the hump no matter how much they try. I think this is almost more scary for Tampa playing at home against a struggling team. You want to completely shut them, shut them down, get your three points before they figure out what's going on. I might have yeah. just been an off day for Tampa, but... To me, this is the time you want to play Louisville for all teams because they haven't yeah. quite figured it out and they're hurt. You, This is the time you play them and try to get three points before we get to late summer and Louisville's back and making a run up the table from fifth or sixth place to try to get second or third. So so is this game, is this, is this a matter of perhaps Louisville being worse than Tampa or Tampa not doing enough? Because... Louisville had 17 shots total, eight on target, and 60% possession. So they they dominated possession. They had their chances. Now, if it was just inefficient finishing, that's unlucky. But if Tampa Bay was doing well enough to prevent the goals, like in the defense is there, and they maybe they are unlucky they didn't get another goal, but they only had two shots on target. So 50% conversions, that's good. Hmm. Versus uh, what's one-eighth, 12.5%? conversion pretty bad <laughs> yeah well the Tampa Bay keeper one was on the team of the week for a reason he had a few good saves in there mm. I mean Louisville could have easily stole this game yeah and uh a few a few things from the chat Alan Underwood who I trust also thought just like I did he thought Tampa Bay played better but I didn't watch the entire game so I didn't want to say that but it, Tampa Bay is one of my favorite teams in the east right now I like how they play, and I think they've been very talented. Um, another thing that Carson Lucidi FC said is that the team battled, and they're missing their starting attackers. Ownby's out. They played this game without him and Luke Spencer, and I just assumed this was going to be a terrible loss and it was going to be a bad score. But look at Louisville battling through and holding their own with you know basically half a team almost at this point, right? Yeah, nothing else. Louisville is probably the most resilient side in the USL. They yeah. proved that year over year. And without James O'Connor, and I think that's one of the biggest things to notice is that Hackworth is pushing these guys, maybe not as much as JOC, but but close, if not at the same. Which is a, there's a lot to be said for that. And it, maybe it's just holdover for the 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 culture that Jock, you know, JOC put on here. But anyway, there's that's a whole conversation. We'll move on to the next game. RGV Toros scored two. No, goals. the next game's uh, Portland versus Sacramento. Oh, sorry, Kev. Why don't you lead us with this one? <laughs> sorry about that. No, that's all right. So Portland won one nil on on a penalty kick. Um, my question to Pony, since you're here, um, like I, I don't feel that T two was as good as they could have been. I mean. Putting taking sixteen shots, but the only shot they even got on frame was the penalty kick. Um, so they were extremely wasteful. And then also only winning one nil when you're up two men at the end. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, they wasted some opportunities there. Yeah, I I mean I watch probably about five or six games a week, depending on how the schedule breaks out. This is probably without without really a doubt 
the worst game I've seen all season from both teams. I mean, if you didn't watch the game, don't go watch it. It's not even remotely (laughs) worth your time to go watch this game. Both teams played horribly. The ref got super card happy in the second half. Both the players who got sent off from Sacramento got sent off for two second half yellow cards as they came off the bench. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah, because Bijev came in in the 46th minute. So he came in at halftime and got his first card in the 57th and his second one in the 63rd. Yeah, and the second one was a very questionable second yellow card. If it's the first one, sure, maybe, but I don't see that one as one you normally call for a second yellow to send someone off. Well, and the other thing, too, with that, like, if that was MLS, there's no way a ref would have done a second yellow. Like, he got the ball, and the only reason I could even I could even think that it was a second yellow is because his follow-through um, like leg that didn't tackle came up. But, I mean, that's not the one that he put the force through to get the ball. That's just his trailing leg. There wasn't – I didn't see studs up or anything. Just it came up higher and and went through the player, but it, it there wasn't, like, a whole lot of force into it. It So, like – second yeah. yellow like i get it maybe but yeah it's a really soft yellow yeah if it's the first yellow i could get it if the game's getting out of hand and the ref wants to calm it down if that's a yellow for the first one but i remember i kind of keeping some ref stats this was this guy's first usl game this season and oh, not the greatest yeah. i mean but really both teams played far worse than they normally have this is it was a horrible game for sacramento portland didn't do too much to deserve any points either i mean you could just say neither. This is one of those games where neither team deserved anything. They would have yeah. lost almost any other team who, if they showed up against them. Oh, for sure, I agree with you 100. And again, because like the only shot that T2 could put on goal was just was a penalty kick, right? And that there was were, it. Yeah, there were three shots on goal the entire game. Yeah, and then uh, Chance Sopolis was the other one that got the second yellow. He came in on the 69th. He subbed on in the 69th minute and got his first yellow in the 78th, and then ejected in the 91st. Yeah, the 91st minute one, I mean, again, second yellow, questionable, but easily, yes, that would be a clear first yellow. Yeah, that one, well, that one was more second yellowish than for me than the first one because he did, like, grab and spin the player. Yeah. But, and also, 91st minute, that's not going to necessarily be, like, game result affecting as take getting one taken out in the 63rd minute. So, because you get, you'll only have, like, three more minutes of stoppage time there. But still, like, it sucks for you guys because that's two players that you're out on the next game. Yeah, but basically, don't watch this game. It's not your <laughs> time. Nope. And that's from some of the biggest fans of their teams. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're both like, no, don't watch the game. It's not worth <laughs> if you want to see these teams play at their floor, go ahead and watch this game. <laughs> yep. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the one that I was about to say. Thanks for uh, stopping me there. RGV Toros, two goals to one for OKC Energy. Uh, For RGV, Michael Salazar in the 54th. Jesus Enriquez in the 87th. Alan Harris scored two minutes into extra time for OKC Energy. Um, Looks like RGV kind of owned this one. I think I heard that they had five MLS loans down for this one. I don't know what quality those MLS loans are. Because that does make a difference. Did anyone see this one? No. I just but, watched the brief. I just watched the highlights. Yeah. I don't know if Houston Dynamo are that good this year, so them loaning down MLS players may not have much of an effect because their first teams, you know, it's the Dynamo. Sometimes they're good. Most of the time they're bad. Yeah. Yeah, and and their loans typically from the first team are not 
they're not typically as quality as say what Defiance did or what Swope did in that one game. Uh, there's different scaling. Well, yeah, also true because they have to travel so much farther. Like with again with Portland, you know, they can literally just put some pl- some first team players across the river, play at Merlot, or even play in the same stadium. Seattle has to go about thirty some odd miles south to Tacoma. Um, it's not that long of a bus ride, and then you know RGV. There are they're a good distance out from Houston. I think maybe an hour, two hours. I don't know off the top of my head, but that's farther for them to go. So they're not necessarily going to send some of their better first team players when they're going much farther than some of these other sides. Mm. Yep. Uh, the next game uh, I'll talk about a bit. St. Louis lost their first game and it was to Birmingham Legion after beating uh, Nashville and Indy and Tampa Bay <laughs> got a draw. Um, they lost to Birmingham of all teams, but um, <laughs> Birmingham has two wins away. And they played a smart game, I think. I think they weathered the storm of St. Louis's attack in the beginning and in the end especially. St. Louis had other flashes, but for the most part, Birmingham was able to weather it and be just dangerous enough to score three goals throughout the game. Um, I think a big help was J.J. Williams coming down from the Columbus crew. That dude is a hoss. He's very talented. Um, He was head and shoulders and more above all of our players on multiple um, either crosses or corners. I can't remember what they were exactly, but he had two headed goals and uh, both were very good. And he was, he was well above our guys. So who aren't small either. So uh, no excuses there. Birmingham came in 40% possession. St. Louis had to possess the ball for the first time this season. They were averaging 40% before. So I think Birmingham came in and played a smart game took their chances and won. Um, I think as a St. Louis fan, I'm not really scared. I'm not disappointed necessarily. They've been a little bit uh, loosey-goosey on um, some of the set-piece plays. has been their only weakness this year, and I think that's one thing they may need to button up, but for the most part, they were still dangerous. For the most part, the press was pretty good, maybe a little worse in this one. Again, the weather was terrible, just like uh, against um, Charlotte. So uh, this is going to happen, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think, Pony? Does this affect your thoughts about St. Louis, about being first in the league? Do you think they're going to even out and come down quite a bit? I mean, I think first is a stretch to say they're going to be that good. Yeah. But I think they're better than we all thought. I can see them being – I can see them hosting a first-round playoff game. That's kind of where I see St. Louis ending up right now. Birmingham isn't really a bad team either. I think I had him as the number two new team this year behind New Mexico, and I still think that's probably true. I don't; they're mm. talented enough to hold their own. If they're not talented enough to make a good playoff run at this point, mm, but yeah. they're not bad. Interesting. Yeah, and I, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I mean, you're sitting at top of the Eastern Conference all alone, and between St. Louis, T uh, two, and New Mexico as one of the top three teams in the entire league on, on points and, and really results, I think, over the, over the course of the early season. Mm-hmm. It's it's early. Anything can happen. But, you know, I, I think St. Louis is going to be up there for sure at the top in the end. Not like Maybe not at the top, but they'll be up there. Listen, hosting a game in the playoffs is, is much higher than any of us would have thought even coming into the season. Even me, who, who you know, I drafted them way too early if, if we were being normal um in our little draft there so yeah yeah i mean this is good for st louis fans and they sh- everyone should be really happy 
Uh, let's move on to El Paso against uh, El Paso Locomotive. Zero, Phoenix Rising, two. Um, they got a win, finally. First win of the season. Junior Fleming's in the seventh. Ben Spencer in the 77th. Uh, Lucky win. Seven, seven. <laughs> 37 possession, 37% possession for Phoenix in this one. Um, so is this the real Phoenix? Are they going to start picking it up and, and winning again? I know there's been a lot of pressure on them for the bad start. I mean, yes and no. The first goal was just a bad El Paso play. Mm. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not completely sold Phoenix's back because El Paso I don't think is a great team, and they should be beating El Paso. I mean, I guess props to them that while having a really odd first month of the season, they took down a not-good opponent the way they're supposed to take them down. I'd like to see them get a couple more wins here. But I think Phoenix is better than where they're on the table for sure. I think they're borderline hosting a home game right now. It it really feels like Phoenix was just absorbing pressure and counterattacking. You know, El Paso had all the possession, lots more passes, more passing accuracy, no no pressure, I don't think, any, really. But only one shot on target. So Phoenix only had to face a single shot on target. And they put five on the other direction. So I think it was just absorb pressure, counter, and hope for something. And like Pony said, first goal was a mistake. Second one, you know, they got two. They got the win. They desperately needed it. They'll still be good. But at this point, I am questioning a little bit if they're going to be top of the West. To have a game where you have 63% possession and one shot on target, I know you guys said not to watch your game, but this one might be pretty boring in itself. So <laughs> Also uh, true. Yeah. Um, there were two goals scored, so. That's good. That's good. Um, and the only goal scored wasn't on a penalty either. So <laughs> Right, exactly. Also, also true. Well said there. Asante didn't go down in the box and get a penalty. Uh, the next one was a blowout. We talked about it a little bit earlier. New Mexico United 5, Real Monarchs 1. Um, you know what's funny about this is same amount of shots. Uh, New Mexico had 8 on target. Real Monarchs only four on target, 60% possession for Real Monarchs. Uh, is it becoming a thing like in the USL, you don't want the ball because if you have the ball too much, you might lose. <laughs> it's starting to look that way today. It's just one if Monarchs are one of those teams where they have no defense. Their, mm. they, their defense is probably bottom third, if even that nice in the league, but they have a good offense and we saw in this game, the offense misfires. And when the offense misfires and you have a bad defense, you're not going to win games. You know, the Monarchs, Red Bulls, Tulsa, they're all the same team to me, where if they score two or three goals, they could also score their fourth and fifth, but they're never going to win 1-0. Mm -hmm. These teams just aren't built that way. And it's frustrating to watch a game where you go, this team's going to have to score two goals to have a chance to get a point. And when with those teams, if they can't score, as we saw here, they're going to get blown out, especially when New Mexico's offense clicks and Moir decides to back up his month month long Player of the Year award. <laughs> With, With yet another MVP. MVP. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about that. In some ways, I think it's interesting because a lot of times it's funny to see goalkeepers who are on a team with a terrible defense get a lot of attention because they do such a good job making so many saves. So that's one thing where I guess maybe we should be looking at that where David Ochoa is that good, but he's also getting attention because he's having to do so much damn work. Um, but interesting to keep watching that. 
that was his first game to give up more than one, if I'm not mistaken. He's had a lot of shutouts, hasn't he? I believe so. It's like for him and Luraro, I'm not surprised they're right, the New Mexico keeper. Like if you sent them to Pittsburgh, they probably would be mm. keeper of the year and that would be the end of the story. Right, you're right. <laughs> Lily always, yeah, exactly. That's a good shout. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Nashville SC got two goals. Memphis 901 got zero goals. Cross-state rivalry there. Matt Lagrassa in the 78th. Rapapa Mensa making his super sub appearance in the 81st. I think that's his first goal of the year, if I'm not mistaken. 21 shots from Nashville. Seven on target versus Memphis's six and one. Possession was somewhat close, but in Nashville's favor. Anyone catch this one? Nashville's been so dominant. I think they're one of the best teams in the East. What do you guys think? I, mean, I think they're the best team only, in the league. Only two goals after 21 shots, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a bit dis- disappointing. I'm with you there, but uh, at least they were dominating the play for sure. You know, I They didn't just sit back because they should have. Their efficiency is questionable. That's going to be what Duke does them in, in the end if they don't win the cup. It's going to be a game where they do have 16 shots, five on goal, and score one, and they get beat 2-1 by somebody. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But if they're playing well, I think they have the highest ceiling of any team. If you want to invoke the, hey, MLS next year, Tam Gam stuff and that we don't like, I mean, we saw it almost work last year. Maybe it'll almost work again this year. But Nashville's good, and Memphis is just – that you could see they're not on the same level as the top teams in the East, and it happened a couple times this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. Uh, one thing to to note here is Ben Wright in uh, Speedway or Soccer Speedway, Speedway Soccer. I always mess that up, but um, Ben Wright posts CLO ratings in the form of a chart, like a line chart, and it's really nice to watch, to look at. Every week is kind of updated with its new point on the graph, and so um, he did point out that. Uh, on that graph, Nashville did take the lead in ELO ratings for the East. So Pony saying that they're the best team in the league, not that far off as far as if, if you're in a, a rate, a statting, a stats guy, which Pony you are, right? Do you have any stats to back that up? Uh, Ryan's actually running that this year. I'm running projections, season-long projections. I see, I see. Okay, so, maybe we'll ask, ask you about that. someone who's studying oh. for finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I like to hear that Nashville's best team in the league because they did pick, get picked first in the draft. So that's true. By, oh, I forgot that. By, by me. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's the obvious number one pick still, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was I was thinking today. I was just reflecting on all of our picks and how off they are, and thinking how stupid it is that we make picks in the preseason. But I still love it. I really do. I still think it's It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and and it's fun to see if sometimes you're right. And it's honestly still educational to see how off you are, you know, and and to see why you're wrong and all that. It's going to be fun this season because, like, the only independent side that I have is Nashville. And I got five two teams. And, like, other than Nashville and I don't – and probably Ladone or whoever else. I don't even know if Ladone's – is Ladone in the west or the east? Ladone's in the east. Okay, so I've got like four teams in the West, <laughs> two in the East, and I'm like, I, I I need Nashville to win MLS Cup if I want to have any chance of winning the draft. Mm. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh well, um, the next game is Las Vegas Lights versus Tacoma Defiance. Vegas won five to zero. Red card delay or daily rather in the 63rd minute had a lot to do that with that I'm sure, but um. What is Tacoma's goal difference? I'm looking that up right now. Because Actually, it had nothing to do bad. with it. 
all the goals were scored before the red card. So oh, minus fifteen, no minus excuse. fifteen goal difference. That is the worst in the league by far. Hartford was in, only has a minus eleven, and those are the only two teams with double digits, mm. whether it's for or against. You know, I've been thinking this week too. I do have a lot, a lot of reflecting on my own opinions, if it's not clear already. But I've been thinking this week too that I put too much um, emphasis on Tacoma doing things badly. I I really do love like there is a balance to me hating all the stupid loans, and the other balance is that uh, Tacoma's putting out a lot of young kids playing against men, and that's really good for our national team. I I, I don't want that to be lost in the shuffle here because I really do appreciate that they're doing that. And that in some cases the the kids look pretty good against against grown men, but you know I and guess this they season have, they have two wins. Tacoma's got two wins. Well, let's say one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's say one. I don't have problems with playing kids. Just do it in League One if you're going to play that <laughs> much. I mean, your team is just going to get blown out this much. I think if you're losing by if you have negative five goal differential and still have two wins this early in the season, go to League One and play the kids. Maybe negative, negative fifteen, not five, fifteen. There's a one before the five. But here's the deal. What if Pony, like we talked about earlier in the show, that they're bringing out two or 3,000 people to every single game, which is better than Charlotte, okay? Um, but yeah, they're playing kids. Let's say they get rid of the stupidness that was that that game where they sent five or six MLSers down. Let's say they would never do that in a season, but they brought 3,000 to every single game. Would you accept that? Would you be okay with that? Or would you still want to send them down to League One? Because I think I'd rather keep them. It depends if they're competitive. I mean, if they're if you remove that one game and just say it doesn't exist, they have one win, which is one nothing over RGV, who also plays the kids a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I'd like a team who you don't say a good season is finishing two or three spots clear of the basement. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if they can't consistently commit to a team that at least is vaguely in playoff contention because they're playing too many youngsters, I don't think you need to be in USL. That's the USL one team who's a little bit more developmentally based hmm. than USL, which is a lot of teams who are starting almost bad MLS teams. I think the best teams in the USL would be bad MLS teams, and I don't want a team who's going to play the Seattle high school all star team playing against Nashville and Phoenix and all those sides. Hmm. I can see that for sure. Um, Kevin, you, any thoughts before we kind of move on? No, I know we've beaten this to death a little bit. Um, Las Vegas won this game. Yeah. Right. Las Vegas won this game five to zero and I'm trying to figure out, I'm scrolling down really far. It's hard to tell. That's their second win of the year. Uh, Las Vegas Lights, uh, I've been thinking they were worse than that, so I just wanted to kind of look that up. Uh, not great, but not awful. Not as bad as I thought. So They're one of those teams that's good at home and really bad on the road. Okay. Okay. No. And I enjoyed your talk about Cashman Field last week in the foam party. That was fun. So <laughs> Vegas doing their thing as usual. Um, Colorado switchbacks uh, slumping a little bit. 2-0 loss at home versus Reno 1868. Casiple uh, in the 64th. Brian Brown got another one in three minutes into extra time. Pretty close game as far as shots on target, but it was 24 shots to 15 uh, in favor of Colorado switchbacks. Kind of had a bad game finishing, I guess. Anyone catch this one? 
No, but Harry did have a question about it. Oh, is this the one he had the question about? This is the one that was postponed. Yes. Here's what he asked. So here is my question for the USL show. Should they have postponed this game? I say they should have for the safety of the players and the fans. It's not like um, Colorado Switchback shares the stadium with other teams. Hats off to the groundskeeper on getting the field cleared. So I guess I don't know how long it got postponed, but it sounds like it was postponed until it was totally safe, but they still were able to play on a wet field and get the game done. I guess that's the right way to handle it. Was it rain or snow? I think it was rain. Oh, maybe it was snow. I mean, it's April, and I know that recently the uh, Rapids had postponed their game against uh, the Sounders because of snow. Now they played the first the season opener against Timbers. They didn't. They didn't uh, postpone it. I mean, I could care less one way or the other. But um, so you know, I I think like for me, if you're able to play the game, just go for it, get it done. People have probably already shown up, you know, any starting it late, like an hour or so late, you know, it's, that's a little rough, but, or however long it was postponed, but if you can finish it, great. So it was snow. And so I guess that's reminiscent of that Colorado game this year. I forgot who they played, but where they played through the snow, a lot of players said that their body temperature dropped several degrees for days after something like that, or maybe hours yeah, it after. Was the, it was the MLS opener, uh, Colorado Rapids versus Portland Timbers. Thank you. Oh, so you would know. Thank you. Um, <laughs> man, that was an ugly game. And I guess in this case, they, they postponed it, cleared the field, and played it. That sounds to me like that's probably the better way to do it if you're looking at the other game, right? Yep. Yeah, so good job. Good question, Harry. We agree with you, buddy. I think that was the right thing to do. No surprise that we agree. Uh, Fresno beat Tulsa Roughnecks 3-1. to one. That's the first-place team in the West took a loss, just like the first-place team in the East. Fresno, uh, Jamal Johnson scored two goals, and Jaime Chavez scored in the 55th minute for them. Uh, Hanu Silva in the 39th minute for the Roughnecks. Not, uh, what's his name? Who keeps scoring for them? Lobo. So well, go that ahead. that brings. I mean, Fresno's still undefeated. They only have two wins, but they've only played five games. I mean, two wins, three draws, nine points. They're in sixth place, but still no losses. Um, and that is uh, Tulsa's first loss. You're right. Their ELO rating is. Am I supposed Tulsa's, to say no? Tulsa's lost more games than that. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they lost. No, you're right. They did, but they're still. Oh, no, you're right. I was reading the wrong. Yeah, they lost three games. I'm sorry. I read the wrong column. They have one draw. Huh? I can't read the numbers. Aren't they still in first or did they lose it now? No, no, they're in fourth. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, And they played more games than everyone below them. Okay. Well, there you go. So they're lower than that even probably. So. T2's in first place with 13 points from only six games. And then New Mexico United's tied with them 13 points, but mm. from seven games. Very nice. Okay, so Fresno, what I was going to say is their ELO ratings are very high. And I think they're maybe even better than I think we're giving them credit for. Um, Tulsa is going to keep falling. I think we predicted that. Even though this game was actually pretty slow, uh, close as far as the stats are concerned. I won't read them off, but just know that they're pretty close. Something mm-hmm. to watch there. San Antonio. Yeah, well, oh, going go back real quick, I want to say Fresno, their offense isn't great, but their defense is statistically in games loud, the number one defense in the West right now. And overall, they're number three. Well, that's... I mean, they've allowed, Fresno's only allowed three goals in five games. 
That's an interesting thought because in the West last year, I liked Fresno a lot and they seem to have trouble in two things. They let up more goals than they should have. Maybe like one more goal than they should have in a lot of different games. Maybe even as many as 33 quarter of them. Um, and then I always thought they couldn't score quite as much as they couldn't finish as well as you would expect based on their shots and shots on target. Do you, did you have any of those thoughts, Pony? Yeah. I mean, last year, their problem was again, scoring and not defense. I mean, they allowed 38 goals in 34 games. They actually had a plus six goal differential and they finished the season down in 12th. And I know if you're just listening to this game and you hear Pony say they didn't score enough and they didn't defend well enough. I know that sounds obvious, but but to be honest, it was like those margins to me personally with the eye test, they were just barely not scoring enough and just barely not defending enough. And a lot of other teams, it's really obvious. Well, this team can't score. It's really obvious. Uh, this team can't defend. It's really obvious. With these two, they were just so close on both of those sides. I thought just a little improvement. This is the kind of thing that could happen. And and I, that's why I think it's kind of legit. I think their defense last year is actually fine. I mean, if you look at them, they're tied for second for least goals allowed in the West ah, just, with 38 goals. I mean, they're tied with Phoenix and Reno and St. Louis for being strong defensive sides, and they just couldn't get the goals. They only had, like I said, 44 goals. That puts them in, it's looking at tied for ninth yeah. or no, tied for no, tied for 10th. And that's why they missed playoffs. They couldn't score. If they could keep scoring a goal and a half per game, they're a playoff team and a dangerous playoff team if this defense mm. holds. Good stuff. Well said, Pony. Um, San Antonio scored two, and they beat Los Dos, who scored zero goals. Bradford Jamison got on the score sheet 14 in the 14th minute with a nice goal. Uh, Ever uh, Guzman in the 35th minute. Um, 12 shots to nine. Los Dos had none on target, whereas San Antonio had four on target. Neither team really did incredibly well. Uh, San Antonio only had 42% of possession. I guess this is just kind of how you beat these two sides that try to own the ball. Um, good job to San Antonio, but I don't know if that's something you should brag about per se. So um, any thoughts on San Antonio or Los Dos this year? Los Dos is just another up and down two team. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the other, a lot of these other ones, they could come out and beat anyone or they could come out and just embarrass themselves any week. Yeah. I hate to say it. They're a little bit irrelevant this year and, Maybe the only thing that made them relevant last year was they had so many cool, interesting American, Mexican American players. If we're going to be honest, so um, I mean they are fifth in the West right now. Are they really? Yeah, three wins, three losses. Well, their defense is terrible. I'm just going to say that, and I don't expect much from them. So maybe they actually have a negative goal differential in fifth. There you go. Okay, and it's not because they can't score; it's because the defense is that bad, in my opinion. I don't know. Second worst. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Thank God you're here. You're correcting me in the right spots, but you also just backed me up a little bit, and I appreciate it. There we that. go. I appreciate both. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, that's all the games in both conferences for the week of six. Um, any thoughts before we head out about how the season's going? Any surprises? Any disappointments in the season? Different teams? Um, I think my internet died before it got to it, but New York out. Out east, I think you can make the argument they are the best East team if you really want to, mm. because they—they they, I mean they've looked good every single game. That defense is still bad, but the offense has consistently shown up. It is. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see what happens when it actually doesn't click in one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched Indy the other day. I don't think I. Oh yeah, I forgot to put that on this list, but I watched Indy versus Swope Park. 
it's technically week seven. Yeah, that it is. So I won't say too much, but I, I think India is a good team, but they still are pretty faulty uh, to me. Um, not that they won't be necessarily outside the top five, but if we're going to talk about elite in the East, Indy's up there, but still maybe faltering a bit. But I think Nashville, New York, like you mentioned, two really good good teams in the East right now. Yeah, I don't think you could put Indy anything worse than fourth. Okay, fair, 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 fair. Um, and yeah, their defense has been uh, getting better, but you know they played Swope. Swope looked pretty terrible. Um, I think they're going to be really bad this year. I think they've bailed on bringing in lots of veterans, and they've gone all youth. And so, and, and that's something else. Before we go, this is the last thing I'll say is that I do think a lot of those two teams have gone younger and younger, and they've bailed on the veterans, like I just said, in a lot of cases. And I think perhaps that's a that's preparation to go down to league one if it's good enough and in my opinion it is good enough um if you're watching league one if you're listening to league one fun greenville triumph had a hell of a goal this year with beautiful build-up beautiful passing in the final third it was gorgeous and it was league one and yeah part of that's because the defending is that much worse but it's still fun to watch right so Watch League One, and, and it's a good thing for us championship folks to, to watch League One and kind of get a gauge, and especially the Open Cup as it comes. Um, we can kind of gauge how good some of those League One teams are. I bet I bet they take out a few championship teams. Yep. And for a measly $5 a month, you can get ESPN Plus and watch all the U.S. Open Cup games. All of them. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, basically everything. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and everything. All the USL championship, everything. It's lots of soccer for five dollars a month. Yeah, you guys really nailed that conversation last year or last week. I mean, and it was it was awesome. But definitely go get into that. Get into League One fun. Uh, thank you for listening to our show. ESPN Plus needs to freaking uh, at this point they need to sponsor us. I keep meaning to give them a call, <laughs> um, but we do have a sponsor, and that sponsor is Roughneck Scarves. It's the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Kev, where can people find you online? Oh, whenever I'm on Twitter and have the time, you can find me at PDX. You should get more uh, lazy at work now that you don't have to earn as much money. You, you paid off those loans. You're good to go, pal. I run an entire department now. <laughs> That's why I was able to pay off my loans. Fancy. Good thing you had that grad school. Uh, Pony, uh, where can people find you? I am on the Twitters at, at USL, USL underscore Pony. And I'm Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's on Twitter. We are the USL Show. We stream live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for logging in if you have. There's a nice chat if you want to join us, as we will mention from time to time throughout the show. So please do that on our, U- on our YouTube page. Uh, just look us up at the USL Show. And, um, yeah. We'll post it online as always as a podcast. Thanks to the beautiful game network. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.